Section 11 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in March 2021. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 6. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd section eleven founding of the mongol empire by genghis khan a d twelve o three by henry h Howorth, part two that inveterate enemy of temujin had at an assembly of the tribes in kirases kurulases taijuts katakins and saljuts held in twelve o one been elected gurkhan they met near a river called kieho by maila Kian by Hyacinth and Kem by Rashid, and then adjourned to the Tula, where they made a solemn pact, praying that whichever of them was unfaithful to the rest might be like the banks of that river which the water ate away, and like the trees of a forest when they are cut into faggots. This pact was disclosed to Temujin by one of his friends who was present, named Kuridai he marched against them and defeated them at a place north of the selinga called ede kyurgan that is site of the grave mounds chamuka fled and the kunkurats submitted in the spring of twelve o two temujin set out to attack the tribes anchi and chagan these were doubtless the subjects of wangchuk and tsagan mentioned by sanangsetsen they were probably tungusian tribes the western writers tell us that temujin gave orders to his soldiers to follow up the beaten enemy without caring about the booty which should be fairly divided among them his relatives kuja daritai and altun having disobeyed were deprived of their share and became in consequence his secret enemies Sanangsetsen has much more detail and his narrative is interesting because as schmidt suggests it apparently contains the only account extant of the conquest of the tribes of manchuria he says that while temujin was hawking between the river olcho and the yula wangchuk kakan of the churchit Nyuchi tartars of manchuria had retired from there temujin was angry and went to assemble his army to attack the enemy's capital but as a passage was forbidden him across the river yula and the road was blockaded the son of toktanga bagatur taichi named andun ching taichi coupled ten thousand horses together by their bridles and pressed into the river forced the passage and the army then began to besiege the town temujin sent word to wang chuk and said if you will send me ten thousand swallows and one thousand cats i will cease attacking the town upon which the required number was procured temujin fastened some lighted wool to the tail of each and let them go then the swallows flew to their nests in the houses and the cats climbed and jumped on the roofs the city was fired by which means temujin conquered wangchuk kakan and took his daughter salichai for his wife he then marched farther eastward to the river unegen but he found it had overflowed its banks whereupon he did not cross it but sent envoys to tsaken kakan of the solongos that is of the solons 
bring me tribute or we must fight he said upon which tsagan kakan was frightened sent him a daughter of dair usun named kulan goa with a tent decorated with panther skins and gave him the tribes of solongos and bugas as a dowry upon which he assisted tsagan kakan so that he brought three provinces of the solongos under his authority sanang setsen at this point introduces one of those quaint sagas which however mythical in themselves are true enough to the peculiar mode of thought of the mongols to make them very instructive the saga runs thus during a three years absence of her husband Porte Jujin sent Argasun Chochi, that is, Argasun the lute player, to him. When the latter was introduced, he spoke thus Thy wife, Porte Jujin Katun, thy princely children, the elders and princes of thy kingdom, are all well. The eagle builds his nest in a high tree. At times he grows careless in the fancied security of his high perched home then even a small bird will sometimes come and plunder it and eat the eggs and young brood so it is with the swan whose nest is in the sedges of the lake it too trusts too confidently in the dark thickets of reeds yet prowling water falcons will sometimes come and rob it of eggs and young this might happen to my revered lord himself these words aroused temujin from his confident air thou hast spoken truly he said and hide him on his way homeward but when some distance still from home he began to grow timid spouse of my young days chosen for me by my noble father how dare i face thee home tarrying porte jujin after living with chulan whom i came across in my journey it would be shameful to seem unfriendly in the assembly of the people one of you nine orlogs his you to Burte Jujin and speak for me. Mukuli of the Jelea tribe volunteered, and when he came to her delivered this message. Besides protecting my own lands I have looked around also elsewhere. I have not followed the counsel of the greater and lesser lords. On the contrary, I have amused myself with the variegated colours of a tent hung with panther skins distant people to rule over i have taken chulan to be my wife the khan has sent me to tell you this his wife seems to have understood the enigmatical phrases for setsen says the sensible burte jujin thus replied the wish of burte jujin and of the whole people is that the might of our sovereign may be increased it rests with him whom he shall befriend or bind himself to in the reedy lakes there are many swans and geese if it be his wish to shoot arrows at them until his fingers be weary who shall complain so also there are many girls and women among our people it is for him to say who the choicest and luckiest are i hope he will take to himself both a new wife and a new house that he will saddle the untractable horse health and prosperity are not wearisome nor are disease and pain desirable says the proverb May the golden girth of his house be immortal. When he arrived at home, he discovered that Agasun had appropriated his golden loot, upon which he ordered Bokorchi and Mukuli to kill him. They seized him, gave him two skins full of strong drink, and then went to the Khan, who had not yet risen. Bokorchi spake outside the tent, The light already shines in your ordu. 
we await your commands that is if your effulgent presence having cheerfully awoke has risen from its couch the daylight already shines condescend to open the door to hear and to judge the repentant culprit and to exercise your favour and clemency the khan now arose and permitted argasun to enter but he did not speak to him bogorchi and mukuli gave him a signal with their lips the culprit then began while the seventy-tuned tsak-tsangai unconcernedly sings tang-tang the hawk hovers over and pounces suddenly upon him and strangles him before he can bring out his last note jang so did my lord's wrath fall on me and has unnerved me for twenty years have i been in your households but have not yet been guilty of dishonest trickery it is true i love smoked drink but dishonesty i have not in my thought for twenty years i have been in your households but i have not practised knavery i love strong drink but i am no trickster upon which temujin ejaculated my loquacious agason my chattering churchi and pardoned him temujin now seems to have been master of the country generally known as eastern dauria watered by the onon the ingoda the argun and also of the tribes of the tangasic race that lived on the noni and the upper amur the various victims of his prowess began to gather together for another effort among these were tukta the chief of the merkits with the name and leader buyuruk khan the tribes durban katagun saljut and uirat the last of whom were clients of the namans wang khan was then in alliance with him at the approach of the enemy they retired into the mountains karaun chidun in the kingan chain on the frontiers of china where they were pursued the pursuers were terribly harassed by the ice and snow which myla said was produced by one of their own shamans or necromancers and which proved more hurtful to them than to the mongols many of them perished and when they issued from the defiles they were too weak to attack the two allies the latter spent the winter at alcha kungur here their two families were united by mutual betrothals as these however broke down ill-feeling was aroused between them and chamuka had an opportunity of renewing his intrigues he suggested that temujin had secret communications with the namans and was not long in arousing the jealousy of wang khan and his son sengun they attempted to assassinate him but he was warned in time he now collected an army and marched against the Karaites. His army was very inferior in numbers, but attacked the enemy with ardor. Wang Khan's bravest tribe, the Jirkirs, turned their backs, while the Tunek kites were defeated. But numbers nevertheless prevailed, and Temujin was forced to fly. This battle, which is renowned in Mongol history, was fought at a place called Kalanchin Alt. Rashid says this place is near the country of the Niuchis, not far from the river Olkui. Some of the Chinese authorities call it Kagalun Ola and Hala Chon, and Doson surmises that it is that part of the Kingan chain from which flow the southern affluence of the Kalka, one of which is called Halgon in Danville's map. Maila, however, distinctly places it between the Tula and the Onon, which is probably right abandoned by most of his troops he fled to the desert baljuna where he was reduced to great straits 
Here are still found many grave mounds, and the Buryats relate that this retired place, protected on the north by woods and mountains, was formerly an asylum. A few firm friends accompanied him. They were afterward known as Baljunas, a name compared by von Hammer with that of Mohachirs, borne by the companions of Mahomet's early misfortunes. Two shepherds, named Kishlik and Badai, who had informed him of Wang Chan's march, were created Turkans. Having been a fugitive for some time, Temujin at length moved to the southeast, to the borders of Lake Kara, into which flows the river Uldra. There he was joined by some Kunkurats, and he once more moved on to the sacred Mongol lake, the Dalai Nur. Thence he indited the following pathetic letter to Wang Khan. 1. O Khan, my father, when your uncle, the Gur Khan, drove you for having usurped the throne of Buyuruk and for having killed your brothers Tatimur Taichi and Buka Timur to take refuge at Keraun Kipchak, where you were beleaguered, did not my father come to your rescue, drive out and force the Gur Khan to take refuge in Ho Si, the country west of Huang Ho, whence he returned not? Did you not then become Anda, that is, sworn friend with my father, and was not this the reason I styled you father? 2. When you were driven away by the Naamans and your brother Ilka Sengun had retired to the far east, did I not send for him back again, and when he was attacked by the Merkits, did I not attack and defeat them? Here is a second reason for your gratitude. 3. When in your distress you came to me with your body peering through your tatters, like the sun through the clouds, and worn out with hunger, you moved languidly like an expiring flame. Did I not attack the tribes who molested you, present you with abundance of sheep and horses? You came to me haggard. In a fortnight you were stout and well favoured again. Here is the third service we have done you. 4. When you defeated the market so severely at Buker Gere, you gave me none of the booty. Yet shortly after, when you were hard-pressed by the Naamans, I sent four of my best generals to your assistance, who restored you the plunder that had been taken from you. Here is the fourth good office. 5. I pounced like a ger-falcon onto the mountain Jurkumen, and thence over the lake Buyur, and I captured for you the cranes with blue claws and grey plumage, that is to say the durbans and taichuts. Then I passed the lake Keule. There I took the cranes with blue feet, that is, the katakins, saljuts, and kunkurats. This is the fifth service I have done you. 6. Do you not remember, O Khan, my father, how on the river Kara, near the Mount Jurkan, we swore that if a snake glided between us and envenomed our words, we would not listen to it until we had received some explanation? Yet you suddenly left me without asking me to explain. 7. O Khan, my father, why suspect me of ambition? I have not said my part is too small, I want a greater, or it is a bad one, I want a better. When one wheel of a cart breaks and the ox tries to drag it, it only hurts its neck. If we then detach the ox and leave the vehicle, the thieves come and take the load. If we do not unyoke it, the ox will die of hunger. 
am i not one wheel of thy chariot with this letter temujin sent a request that the black gelding of mukuli bahadur with its embroidered and plated saddle and bridle which had been lost on the day of their struggle might be restored to him he also asked that messengers might be sent to treat for a peace between them another letter was sent to his uncle kuchir and to his cousin altoon this letter is interesting because it perhaps preserves for us some details of what took place at the accession of genghis it is well known that the mongol khan affected a coy resistance when asked to become chief the letter runs thus you conspired to kill me yet from the beginning did i tell the sons of bartam bahadur that is his grandfather as well as sacha his cousin and taiju his uncle why does our territory to the onon remain without a master i tried to persuade you to rule over our tribes you refused i was troubled i said to you kuchir son of the tekun taishi be our khan you did not listen to me and to you altoon i said you are the son of kutluk khan who was our ruler you be our khan you also refused and when you pressed it on me saying be you our chief i submitted to your request and promised to preserve the heritage and customs of our fathers did i intrigue for power i was elected unanimously to prevent the country ruled over by our fathers near the three rivers passing to strangers as chief of a numerous people i thought it proper to make presents to those attached to me i captured many herds yurts women and children which i gave you I enclosed for you the game of the step and drove toward you the mountain game you now serve wang khan but you ought to know that he is fickle you see how he has treated me he will treat you even worse wang khan was disposed to treat but his son sengun said matters had gone too far and they must fight it out we now find wang khan quarrelling with several of his dependents whom he accused of conspiring against him temujin's intrigues were probably at the bottom of the matter the result was that dariti uchegin with a tribe of mongols and the sakyat tribe of the kerites went over to temujin while altoon and kuchir the latter's relations who had deserted him took refuge with the naimans among the companions of his recent distress a constant one was his brother juji kassar who had also suffered severely and had had his camp pillaged by the kerites temujin had recourse to a ruse he sent two servants who feigned to have come from juji and who offered his submission on condition that his wife and children were returned to him wang khan readily assented and to prove his sincerity sent back to juji kassar some of his blood in a horn which was to be mixed with kumis and drunk when the oath of friendship was sworn wang khan was completely put off his guard and temujin was thus able to surprise him his forces numbered about four thousand six hundred and he seems to have advanced along the banks of the kerulon towards the heights of jechir between the tula and the kerulon and therefore toward the modern urga where wang khan was posted in the battle which followed and which was fought in the spring of twelve o three the latter was defeated he fled to the naimans and was there murdered 
Temujin was sincerely affected by the death of the old man. The Naaman chief, Tayang, had his skull encased in silver and bejeweled, and afterward used it as a ceremonial cup, a custom very frequent in Mongolia. Such cups have been lately met with in Europe, one of which was exhibited at the Great Exhibition of 1851, where it was shown as the skull of Confucius. Another, or perhaps the same, which was encased in marvellous jeweller's work, has been lately destroyed, the gold having been barbarously melted by the Jews. By the death of Wang Khan, Temujin became the master of the Karite nation, and thus both branches of the Mongol race were united under one head. He now held a Kuril tie where he was proclaimed Khan. There is some confusion about the period when he adopted the title of Genghis, but the probability is that he did so three years later. The earlier date, 1203, is the one, however, from which his reign is often reckoned to have commenced. End of section 11